This is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Well, hello everybody. This is Hal. And this is Melanie. And we want to welcome you to another episode of Making Biblical Family Life Practical. Now in stereo. I am well, actually. Hal, I am so thankful to be able to talk again. It's funny because the last episode you did solo. And, and that was pretty much the last time I was able to do any broadcasting because y'all, I got laryngitis. You left everything on the field, dear. Oh, I mean, you, you, it you was awful. gave it your all. Well, my mom had surgery, so I went to the hospital with her. Mm-hmm. And a nurse comes in, oh my word, sniffling and coughing every time she came in the room, mm. which really annoyed me because there was... There were posters everywhere about patients putting on masks if they felt sick and visitors putting on masks or staying away if they felt sick. But she was in there with no mask, sick as a dog. Two days later, I'm sick as a dog and Uh totally lost my voice. And listen, folks, that is really frustrating. Now, I was at Mama's house, so it wasn't quite like it would be at home dealing with kids. I remember when we lived out in California and we had one child who was about a year and a half old and you lost your voice totally. That was horrible, Hal. That was was a rough time for you. Well, I finally ended up getting a a whistle so I could get his attention from across the room. Hmm. Because I was sick, too, so I couldn't chase him very easily. Wow. But, you know, I couldn't even get his attention to wave, stop what you're doing, you know. Okay, but no little ones this time. No little ones, but it was so lonely. Because I couldn't talk to mom, couldn't talk to any of y'all, and I was away from y'all. Yeah, I know some of the the older kids would call and say, hey, can can I talk to mom? And and I'd have to say, you can talk to mom, but she can't talk to you. I remember you had had a conversation with one of our guys off at college, I think, and he was talking to you on the phone, and you were answering in a Skype chat. Yes. You kind of like the uh, kind of like the people that do the the subtitles on on CNN and the network news. Yes. Yeah, that was really that was interesting. But but you're better now. I am better. I still and it doesn't feel quite right. I'm feeling a little bit hoarse. But anyway, I'm able to talk, and what a relief it is. Well, and let's give credit where it's due because God did a, a an intervention on us last weekend. We had our this was number six. Our, our sixth, sixth come away weekend. Come away weekend. Our marriage retreat and getaway. And uh, going into that, you were you were like a Trappist monk. I mean, you were had foul of silence or something. I couldn't, make a, I couldn't make a sound. And we had friends praying, and you were looking at medical interventions of different sorts. And you finally did find something that that you got your voice back for the um, the forty eight hours necessary to make it happen. Oh, what a relief. What a relief. And it went, yes, it was a blessing. And then you got home and fell silent again. Well, for a few days anyway. Anyway, but you're better now. I am better now. Not all not all better, but better than you were. That's right. So so here we are. Anyway, um, well, you might be hearing a little bit of background noise here, an occasional clank or something. And we thought that was kind of appropriate this time because we thought we might talk a little bit about chores, and that is the sound of our kids doing chores. You know, we read somewhere, this has been a few years ago now, but we read somewhere that only 28% of American families have uh, have their children doing anything around the house, even taking out the trash or feeding the dog. Only wow. 20, less than one out of three families. And they, they said that, like, 
Two-thirds of American adults said, yeah, I did chores when I was, when I was a child, but only one-third, less than one-third, expected their own kids to do anything. That's ridiculous. Well, it's a luxury. You know, it, well, it's a look when you when you have maybe maybe if you're at home and you have two kids who are teenagers and they're pretty capable and and they don't need a lot of hands on attention or intervention or anything. Maybe you could scoot by saying, well, well, like you had a friend who who didn't teach her daughter how to cook because she didn't want anybody disrupting her kitchen. That was like her kingdom or something. Well, and that was kind of disturbing because when I found this out, her daughter was like 19 and about to leave home mm-hmm. with no clue how to cook whatsoever. And you know, that did not prepare her for life. I don't think it did her any favors. No. And I, and you know, <clears throat> yeah, it's frustrating to, to have your kids do chores sometimes because they don't do it like you might do it. They might make mistakes. Yeah. But it's important for several reasons mm-hmm. that you let your kids do chores. For one thing, they need to learn how to do those things before they're in a family trying to keep a house up themselves. And, and this is something, I remember we had, a. Um, uh, if you know us, if you know a little bit about our family, we had six boys, one after another. And, and then we had two girls at the end. So we've got both here now. But um, when we started out, it was... Me and six boys against mom, the only female, because the dog didn't count. And you had a friend who had all daughters, and she kind of took you to task because you were expecting um, you were expecting boys to do women's work. What she called women's work. What she called women's work, exactly. Well, but, you and, know, when you when I, I said, Hal, what's, do you think I'm doing wrong here? You pointed out that men do all kinds of those chores in Scripture. There are times uh-huh. that men are command, commanded to wash their clothes mm-hmm. or to cook. And there's, there's passages that speak about men caring for babies. Yeah. You know, and, and so it's not like that there is some gender divide that is, is biblically mandated or anything. I mean, there's, <clears throat> there's very little that, uh, especially in modern society, you know, in the older days when there was a lot of brute strength just in the day-to-day existence, you know, cultivating your food and such, Maybe there were things that would just just have been unkind to expect your wife to do when you were the farmer. Mm-hmm. But, you know, now in, in modern society, there's, there's not a whole lot that you have to look and say, that's just not appropriate for women to ever do that or for men to ever do something. And right. So, and so, you know, my, my contention is um, – our guys are going to have to take care of themselves when they move out of the, out of the home. When they they're going to have to wash their own laundry, they're going to have to cook their own meals, they're going to have to do their own shopping. Well, with the average age of first marriage now approaching thirty for young men and twenty eight for young women. Pause for gasp. Yes, we have to assume our kids are going to have to do these things without the benefit of a mate for a while, and that may not always be true, but we've got to assume it might. It's likely to be, and so. To prepare them for adulthood is a really good reason to do chores. They need to learn that part of being in a community and a family is helping to keep that family going. Right. Yeah, and, and that's a really important principle. We'll, we'll open this up a little bit. But, you know, one thing that really gave us some impetus, too, it wasn't just a matter of, of our poor mom being overwhelmed by all the guys, but it was also just the fact that you had some difficult pregnancies. Yeah, like I did. all of them. 
And I had horrible bed rest pregnancies. And you spent a lot of time on bed rest for the sake of the baby. And that meant that, um, that meant that the older kids were going to have to learn to cook a little bit, or, uh, you're going to be eating a lot of sandwiches until dad gets home from work. And so, you know, that was, that was kind of an impetus too, in, in our situation to say, Hey, this is, this is a life skill that's needed right now. Well, you know, the, so one reason is to prepare them for adulthood, but another reason is it frees up the parents to do things only parents can do. Right. Because this is something I try to point out to our kids that when they're in there doing the dishes, I'm in here recording a podcast. Right. You know, when they're in there doing the laundry, Mm -hmm. then I'm able to talk to a mom on the phone that needs my help, or Mm -hmm. I'm able to help a younger sibling with a reading issue or, you know, lots of things that only I can do when mm-hmm. everybody jumps in and does the things that any of us can do. Well, and, you know, I work from home. And uh, if one of the young people is go- is cooking breakfast, then I can go ahead and start my work day at, you know, an hour earlier rather than me bustling about the kitchen. And so the, there's a lot of things that that's part of that's something that they can contribute to the family yeah. um, that not only is good for the family, but it is good for them. It's good for them in the future, and it's good for them now. Well, it's good for their character, too, Hal. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting, but one small study that, but it's longitudinal, it studied kids over 25 years. Right. Found that the best predictor for young adult success in their mid-20s mm-hmm. was whether they participated in chores when they were very young. Wow. And I think because it teaches you diligence, it teaches you to to work, yeah, to contribute, and that's something that twenty somethings desperately need. Wow! Yeah, yes, it is. Okay, and so, um, so we are we are one of that twenty eight percent families. We we have expected our kids to do chores, and we don't live out in the farm. We don't have a stable full of animals that have to be cleaned up after or wheat that has to be threshed or anything else, but, but there's still things they can do. And we're going to yes. talk about that mm-hmm. practicalities, right? At what ages can you expect kids to do different things in a minute? Yes. But I, I've got some more advantages of doing chores. Please go ahead. One thing is that it is good for their academics to do these hands-on tasks because like things like sweeping yeah causes them to cross the midline it's a midline exercise okay meaning that you're you're moving you're, you're moving the focus of your body from right to left your, and across your eyes. the and your eyes and your head and everything and when you do that you're changing your locus of control in your brain from left side to right side right correct and- well, That's from right mo- to left, yeah, because well, it's opposite. Well, but, but depending on where you started, yes, okay. But it that helps kids with academics, right? You know, it can improve learning glitches, it can improve dyslexia and and things like that. Well, that's because yeah, a lot of the learning difficulties that that people come down with um, involve switching between the left and right halves of their brain, and if they're not really comfortable with that. You know, if their brains don't do that automatically and rapidly, it can cause all kinds of issues with normal learning processes. Yeah. And so chores often involve big movements. Right. Big back and forth movements like wiping a mirror. Right. You know, is a big movement. You know, wiping a counter is big movements. Those big movements are good for our developing brains. So that's another advantage of chores. All right. That's good. 
I think one other big advantage of chores is that when kids contribute, they feel ownership. And when kids get out of the wagon and start helping to pull it, yeah. they feel ownership in the wagon. And they feel like they're contributing, they're helping, it's part theirs. And mm-hmm. I think that, that, that I think that's good for, for family unity. I think it's good for just an attitude of appreciation for what the Lord's given us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Investment is important. Buy-in. Yes. Yeah, that's right. You've got some skin in the game. Well, all of that, yeah, all of that is very true. You know, and I think, talking about appreciation, I think that's one of the things that sometimes we miss out as the parents. Not that nobody appreciates all I do for them as their father. I, I don't mean it that way. I mean that we, the the moms and the dads, don't fully appreciate what our kids are doing for us. You know, that yeah. that we, we look at... I'm reading a book by Tim Keller called Every Good Endeavor. He's talking about how the gospel influences everything that you do in your your daily walk and career and work. It's, it's, it focuses on work. But one of the things he talks about is how different cultures and different worldviews and philosophies over the years have have had very different viewpoints on work. Like the ancient for the ancient Greeks, Work was something that was that was for slaves. That was for menials. That that was not the the elevated you know the great humanistic uh, mind game. Uh, you know if you're out doing just, just chores, that that's like that's why you have servants for goodness sakes. And it was like this was beneath the philosopher to be doing routine tasks like that. Mm-hmm. And and he, he points out that that's true in a, in several different religious cultures if you will the idea that work is an interruption to the the pure and the righteous work of the mind and the aesthetics and all the rest but it's christianity and in judaism before it that says look there is there is benefit in labor there is honor in honorable work Mm -hmm. you know that labor whether you are whether you are a theologian or the assistant to the to the stable manager you are doing work that needs to be done, and that is a service to your fellow man. And it is a good thing and can be done to glorify God. It's not a punishment. Well, see, I think that that service is an important thing, learning to care for others. Mm-hmm. You know, love is putting someone else's needs and, and desires more highly than your own. Right. And yet, you know what? 80% of middle and high school students mm-hmm. and study involving 10,000 students, okay? That's a lot. 80% said they valued their own happiness and achievement over caring for others. Yeah. Yeah, I believe that. You know, and and yet, you know, the Scripture teaches us Mm -hmm. to lay down our life for our friends. Yeah. You know, the Scripture teaches us to value others more highly than ourselves, to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. And what what does it say in Ephesians chapter 5? Husbands... Love your wives, even as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. You know, that there's that service that you reach out to the one that you love and you lay down your life and serve the ones you love. And that starts at home. And, you know, the Lord gave us the example when he washed the disciples' feet. That's servant's work. That's servant's work. It's mm-hmm. humble work. Mm-hmm. And yet he made it plain that there was no shame in it. In fact, there was glory in it. Well, and that's why that's why when he when he came to Peter, and Peter said, Lord, no, no, don't do this, Lord, because I need to be washing your feet. And he says, no. You know, the Lord said, the Lord basically told him, look, you need to be quiet and let me make a lesson out of this. 
that I'm serving you because you should be serving one another. And so if you want to raise ethical children, if you want to raise giving and caring and responsible kids that give back, you need to give them chores. Okay. And we're going to talk about some practical ideas about how to make this work in your home and some things that we've done that worked better than others and some some that maybe didn't work so well for us. But we're going to talk about that in a minute. But you know, while we're talking about family life and showing love for the ones closest to you, we've got a sponsor this month who we really want to share with you. Let's go ahead and cut over to that and we'll pick this up in just a moment. Okay. Be right back. Hello, Nympha. This Thanksgiving. It's a beautiful day in this neighborhood. A beautiful day for a neighbor. Please won't you be my neighbor. It only takes one person. We are trying to give the world positive ways of dealing with their feelings. Yeah? Like what? To inspire a world of kindness. There are many things you can do. Based on the true story of the friendship between Mr. Rogers and a cynical journalist. You love broken people like me. Sometimes we have to ask for help, and that's okay. Starring Tom Hanks and Matthew Reese. I think the best thing we can do is to let people know that each one of them is precious. A beautiful day in the neighborhood. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. In theaters November 22nd. For tickets and showtimes, go to resources.abeautifulday.movie. Okay, so we're talking about chores. And, and about, it's not a chore to talk about chores. No, it's not. It's, it's a good thing to talk <laughs> you know, about. I feel like this is so important, and I really hope that families will get the vision. Yes, it's a pain in the neck to start it because your kids are going to complain. And they're going to whine. But let me give you a little hint about doing chores with your kids. Mm -hmm. If you work with them, they'll love it because they crave time with you. And I don't know all the demographics of our listeners, but I'll, I will say experience has shown me again and again, anything that you want to do to structure your family life, the sooner you can start it, the better the acceptance is going to be. Oh, yeah. You're you know, going to have a whole, you, whole lot easier time if you get five-year-olds and if you're trying to institute chores with a five-year-old than if you're trying to institute chores with a 15-year-old exactly and so that you know that's something if you've got young kids even if you have older kids already the younger kids you can start them off we had always go back to our cats you know you when we got married you brought a cat into the into the family and sugar bless her heart did not like getting her nails trimmed we had to take her to the vet for that and we got a kitten after a couple of years and i thought there's no need we need to take him to the to the vet i bet if i start off just clipping his nails right now he might grow up accepting it and you know he never gave me a bit of trouble never this is a little male cat yeah. but it was because we started him very early and he just grew up thinking okay that's what that's what we do this is what we do in our family and i and i can live with that so if you got young children, start now. Yes, If you've got older children, sit down and persuade them. Mm -hmm. Talk about why it's important. Tell them that you're concerned that they're going to have to know how to do this stuff in their own house, in their own apartment one day. You know, give them the reasoning and convince them. And you know, you don't really even have to call it chores. Just like you say, hey, we're teaching you how to cook now. Yes. We're going to teach you how to do your own laundry. And give them some, give them some direction over it. Mm -hmm. Like in our house... Our kids rotate being chef of the day. Yeah. And so um, 
the chef of the day gets to decide what he makes for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Yeah. You know, within reason, if they want something that we don't normally have the stuff where they've got to tell tell whoever's shopping in advance so we can buy it. Right. We've got to be able to afford it. But they get to they get to decide and they like having that control. Okay. And so give them some control over their chores too. So let but let's talk about okay, so to get them to do them, win them over, explain why the whys and hows. Um, give them some direction and control, work alongside them. Yeah. And inspect what hap- what they do. Don't just expect them to do it, Honestly. but check and make sure that they did it. Now, that's really hard yes. for parents of many children yep. because it's easy for somebody to fly under the radar. So let me give you a little hint I learned about that. We have chore times. Mm-hmm. And so you do chores before breakfast, after breakfast, before lunch, after lunch, before dinner, after dinner. And everybody has something they're supposed to be doing during that time. And that way, no matter how many children we had at home, it's easier now with just three at home. Yeah. No matter how many children we had at home, when we had seven at home, um, or eight when he was home for holidays, we could, I could look around, if somebody was goofing off, I could see, hey, it's chore time, what are you doing? And so uh-huh. chore time is a way to, to um, make sure everybody's working. Okay. But let's talk about what is what what can be let's give you some vision for what the kind of chores you can assign at different ages. Do you want to start at the oldest and go backwards? Because okay. because you know because I think you can get little ones started on doing some kind of pre-chore activities, but it kind of makes more sense if you know what they're going into. You know when when our kids leave the home, I want them to be able to cook for themselves, to do their own laundry. I want them to know the basics of taking care of their cars or to do some basic household repairs. You know, that's just that's just adult functioning. But it doesn't happen on, on their 18th birthday. So you got to start earlier. How soon do you think you can teach somebody to cook? Well, let's start even earlier than that because the oldest kids, if they never had chores, are going to have to learn all these things. So True. let's start. A preschooler okay. can put away the silverware. Yep. Can move the stuff from the washer to the dryer. Yeah. Can pick up, although they might need help, like you might need to say, pick up five books, now pick yeah. up four books, now pick up three books. Right. You know, they might need you to work alongside them. They can fold the towels and washcloths. Mm-hmm. They can feed the dog and water the dog. Okay. Yes. Now, around six or seven, a child is old enough to start making like sandwiches, lunch, things like that. Yeah. Um, can make sandwiches for lunch, can learn how to run the washer and dryer, mm-hmm. especially dryer, dryer, super easy. Yeah. Uh, can um, sometimes be trusted to work in another room, picking things up. Yeah. Can empty the dishwasher, mm-hmm. refill the dishwasher. A child um, can sweep. Mm-hmm. And child-sized brooms are available at any Montessori supply house. Child yep. size brooms and mops are awesome. Yes, they are. And sweeping is great for young children. Yeah. They can make their bed. They can make their bed. They can um, fold clothes. Mm-hmm. At least simple stuff. Yeah. By nine or so, this is going to blow some people's minds. Mm-hmm. There pretty much aren't any chores they can't do except maybe draining noodles, something carrying boiling water. Yeah, that's, that's the one thing. We, we do draw a line on the moving pots of boiling water around in the kitchen. That, yeah. 
But I mean, even even using knives safely. Oh yeah. You know now. Just gotta teach them how to use it safely. Yeah. And and there are things that you can do. There's gauntlets you can buy so they can't cut themselves. Right. They can start out with plastic knives, cutting up vegetables and things. Yeah. You know, there's a lot that you can do. But by nine, a kid can cook a meal. And our children have been pretty comfortable taking chef of the day, cooking three meals a day from about nine. Yeah. And now a nine-year-old is going to need somebody to step in. And so in our tour rotation, we have a chef of the day and then we have a sous chef. And the sous chef helps the chef of the day and does the dishwasher. Dishwasher is a big deal in our family. Right. And so we always make sure that the sous chef for the youngest one entering that rotation, the Uh nine-year-old, is the oldest child on the rotation. Yeah, they wrap back around, and so that yeah. way, that way the, the yeah. oldest and the youngest are in the kitchen at the same time. Yeah, you could still end up with a ten-year-old and eight-year-old being the team on a given day. But yes, definitely by eleven, and nine-year-olds can run the laundry completely. Yeah, can vacuum, can sweep, can do all that stuff. Yeah, um, an eleven-year-old can run the lawnmower, can um, can cook, can clean, can pretty much do anything. And, and and even you know even younger kids can can handle some power tools you know with with some supervision like uh, we've got a ten year old who loves to use the leaf blower you know yeah. that's that's well, not she's not gonna hurt herself with leaf no blower. it's not dangerous and so yeah you got to judge safety exactly now an eleven year old though is going to need a lot of supervision more than an eight year old or nine year old because uh, eleven year old yes. is in hormone city and they're forgetful and they're addled. And they'll forget something you've taught them a million times. So be patient. Their brains are changing. Mm-hmm. Okay. A 13-year-old should be able to run the house when you have the flu. Yeah. A 16-year-old should be able to go shopping without you. Get the entire list for the family. So 16-year-old should be one of those magical new creatures. Oh, 16-year-olds a driver, are awesome. A driver. They should be able to take the oh, kids gosh, to yes. an event and supervise them. Right. If you're sick or something. Yep. They should be able to um, run errands for you. Mm-hmm. Yep. Basically, a 16-year-old should be a junior adult. And you should, should be really able to do be... just about anything an adult can do. And, and that goes beyond just the, the household chore thing, you know, to say, hey, our 16-year-old should be you know, halfway to independence, really, that we should be treating right. them like a young adult. We should be training them with this idea that in a couple of years, they need to be able to stand on their own feet. And we talk about this a lot in our book, uh, No Longer Little, yes. from from the from the transitional years of middle school on forward. But yes. we have other resources that we can point you to for the older kids. Yeah. Well, our pre-flight, our yes. webinar, right. covers an awful lot of how to... Pre- well, it's about... A pre-flight checklist. Let's make sure they're ready for adulthood. Right. And so that's the probably the best resource for the older teens. Pre-teens and young teens is no longer little. And one of the things is, as you give them increasing, starting in the pre-teens, you need to be thinking about preparing them for independence. And so a pre-teen, say, what are you going to cook today? Yeah. Um, I don't see any vegetables in that. Why do we have vegetables? Uh-huh. You know, right. it's important for the vi- for vitamins that we need. Let's look at, okay, that's an, you know, that meal works and it's healthy and it has vegetable, it has protein and starch and vegetables, but it's all brown. <laughs> 
And that's not going to be very pretty on the plate. Right. And as you work through these things, through chores, you're teaching them so much about life. Okay. And so. that goes for changing tires and changing oil. Yep. And all the little chores of life. Get your kids beside you and teach them how to do it. First, you do it with them watching and you talking them through it, just like we talked about with teaching adulting. Right. And then they do it with you beside them, talking them through it. Mm-hmm. And then they do it on their own. And it's remarkable what young people can do, you know, that that I've seen our, our young guys that, that have taught themselves a lot of basic car main, maintenance tasks, you know, replacing different things. and um, Even to it, fixing fixing brakes and stuff. Right. You know. And some just some remarkable things around the house. Well, I remember an 11-year-old, one of our 11-year-olds coming in and saying, Mom, um, do you mind if I get a little crazy tonight? I said, what? And he said, well, I saw we had some um portobello mushrooms in there and i've just been thinking i like quiche do you mind if i make portobello mushroom quiche and i said well i don't think we have any pre-made pie crust he said i know but i kind of like to experiment with making pie crust i said sure go for it honey it was amazing it was delicious and he's an awesome cook today and he was 11 he was 11 i remember that yeah yeah and so they will stun you with what they're able to do if you let them and it gets one of the other advantages of doing chores is it gives them confidence. Right. They've proven that they can do real adult things like adults do. They can feed the family. They can do laundry. They can, they can really contribute and make a difference in our family life. And, and they do. And our kids, are, our kids are just part of our team. You know, we count on them. We depend on them. On, on a day-to-day basis. I mean, we were doing a lot of work today and... Just to be able to assign that to these to these young adults and say, "Hey, I need you to go do this. You do that. Take care of this. Supervise your younger sister. Whatever. You know, it, it's great to be ha- be able to have your your whole crew like that. And that comes from training them. And I can't say, you know, that it's because we are the we are the most organized, checklisty kind of people because we are not. We are not. No. Um, but oh yeah, <laughs> you know what? We need to talk for just a second about scheduling chores. That's a great thing because I know some people, I, I have a friend who is like hyper-organized and he, he's got checklists that look like the military put them together and, and, and he follows up on his kids. I mean, that's the way they've, they've lived. That's oh, not our style. No, I had to make it simple. Mm-hmm. We used to keep chores for a week and then the kids begged us to change. Can we, can we rotate every day? Because if you've got one sibling who is really no good at, Keeping up with the dishes by the end of the week, there's nothing clean in the house. Or it's just busy or sick. Or, yeah. You know, then it become it's so bad by the time you change, the other person's drowned. Right. Now, I know some people who keep the same chores for a year. I've heard that. Like one child will do all the laundry for a year. We've never done that because our kids like the variety. They like changing and everybody, everybody loves to cook. So they like having an opportunity to cook. So we change every day. And we have a set number of chores that we go through. And now Hal and I are having to take a place on the rotation because yeah, we, we don't have a, enough kids at home anymore. Yeah, when you have six or seven that you could assign all the tasks, it, that you could be really detailed. It's, yes, but it's... It's become less detailed as, as kids have grown up. And granted, there's not as much laundry to do and there's not as many dishes to wash either. Well, true, true. But we rotate every day. We have basic chores like chef of the day... Sue chef who does the dishwashing too, the laundry. Yes. You know, picking up and cleaning up. 
Mm-hmm. And then when we're home, which, you know, we're on the road a lot. When we're home, we also do some um, weekly chores. You know, mm-hmm. I try to do an hour a day where we kind of keep up with all the rest of the stuff that isn't on the chore list. Right. Yeah. And, you know, another thing, too, um, we've talked about this in some other contexts, but um, there are some people who want to pay their children to do chores. And we thought about that and realized, you know, if if we paid our child for every basket of laundry that he folded or every time that they cleaned off the dinner table, pretty soon they're going to expect, you know, they're going to have a what's in it for me attitude about just serving in their family. Yes. And so we we decided for for daily chores, you know, just for the upkeep of the house and stuff, we don't pay for that. Um, if it's something that we might hire somebody else to do, like yard work or, well, you know, an occasional project or something. Well, we'll generally, say, we don't pay for yard work. Right. But we might. Well, theoretically, we could. Yeah. It, generally, a big project. Yeah. Yeah, we might pay for it, but generally we don't pay because nobody pays me to to do chores. No. And our kids need to have the attitude that this is just part of giving back. That this is what our, this is how our family works. You know, that we serve one another and we're serving ourselves when we, when we do these things, you know, everybody likes to have nice food to eat and everybody likes to have clean clothes and, and all that. And, you know, that comes from everybody working together and taking their turn with it. So, so that, that's the approach we've taken with that. Um, so anyway, folks, give your kids chores. And if you are doing chores, give them some extra responsibility. Mm-hmm. You know, challenge them a little bit. Give them more things to do. Give them more freedom, more opportunity, more independence, and see what they're capable of. Because it may really surprise you. Okay. And who knows? You might get some portobello mushroom quiche. Well, or or some other blessing. That is terrific. Well, look, we appreciate you joining us, and it sounds like the dishes have been done because it got quiet in there. Um, <laughs> I hope that's what the indication is, but um, we do appreciate you joining us as we uh, as we talk about some things about biblical family life and how to apply biblical principles in the 21st century American family household, or if you're listening somewhere else, in your own country. Um, we do hope you'll join us again, and until the next time, I'm Hal. And I'm Melanie. We'll, we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Making Biblical Family Life Practical with Hal and Melanie Young. If you found this program interesting, challenging, and encouraging, why not join us on the web at halandmelanie.com. That's H-A-L-A-N-D-M-E-L-A-N-I-E.com. Or follow us on social media. You can find us on Facebook at Facebook slash Hal and Melanie or Facebook.com slash Raising Real Men. This program is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Join us next week when we'll be back to talk about making biblical family life practical. Until then, thank you and God bless you for listening.